0: Hello friend, I'm so grateful you're here. Welcome to the Today I Am Enough podcast season three. This season, we're taking time to better understand who the women in the New Testament are and their experiences. We will learn more of them, their story, and how Jesus tutored their lives. We will learn more about how much Jesus Christ loves women. For the first 90 days of this season, you will also be able to hear a second weekly episode. We will be discussing the Book of Mormon. If you aren't aware of the Book of Mormon Study Group, check out the show notes or my website, todayiamenough.com, and you can sign up for free. We're reading the Book of Mormon from January 1st to March 31st. Each week, I will share my thoughts on the weekly reading and what we can take away from it. Welcome to today's episode. I'm super glad you're joining me today. This week's going to be a little different because in John 1, which is the only chapter in Come Follow Me this week there are no women. So there's actually a few sections of the New Testament where there are not women, some sections where there's a lot. So we might end up breaking them up a little um, further along in the year. But this week, we're just going to talk about John 1. And I'm excited because this section is wonderful. So John 1, the first 34 verses are in the appendix appendix of the JST so which is just behind the topical guide and uh I hope that you read straight from the JST I actually just like brought my highlighter and my pen and just marked the JST I also did mark the actual scriptures too you can go and there's other um highlights of some of the JSTs specifically for the verses at the bottom so make sure to check out the JSTs during this So my favorite, I think I've mentioned this before, but my favorite is the beginnings of um, all of these Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They've said that the testimony, there's the JST instead of the gospel, according to it's the testimony of Matthew, the testimony of Luke, the testimony of John. I, I just love that because this they're sharing their testimonies with us. So John, we're going to talk about who he is for just a minute. John is John he's like a disciple with John the Baptist he um I think he I just forgot you guys but I think he was with John and maybe wrote down some of his teachings but he was a follower he knew of Jesus Christ from John the Baptist so the testimony of John that we're reading this book is John the beloved whom uh we will talk about later he is also the uh one who penned Revelation and he is the disciple who asked Jesus if he could stay on the earth and teach until the second coming. So John is somewhere here with us, which is incredible. I I just think that's so amazing. It's so fun. I'm so excited to see if I ever have the opportunity to see him in my life. Okay, let's start with John 1.1. 1, 1. So John introduces us. To Jesus Christ in three different words. So we're going to talk about those really briefly. So, in the beginning was the word. So, this verse is actually very different in the JST. So, let's read it from there. It says, In the beginning was the gospel preached through the Son, and the gospel was the word, and the word was that was with the Son, and the Son was with God, and the Son was of God. The same is the greatest in the beginning with God. So we learn that the gospel was the word and the word was with the son. So Jesus Christ had that word of God with him. Word is another, we use that often to describe Jesus Christ though. So we see that even though um, Joseph Smith's translation changes the verbiage that the word is still Jesus Christ. So he is the word. This would have been relatable to these people. They were familiar with scriptures. They were familiar with the law and the word would have been the law to them. It's another term that could have been relatable to them. So relating Christ to the word first is helpful for the people in this day. Okay. And then in verse four, in him was life and the life was the light of men. All right. So in him was life in the JST says in him was the gospel and the gospel was the life and the life was the light of men. So we don't often think of Jesus Christ as life, but he is of course, right? Because of the atonement of Jesus Christ, we can live again. So he is the life because he will give us life. We have the opportunity to have life again because of him. He is also the creator of the world. We have all that we have here because of him. So as you think about your favorite creations or you experience those things, maybe it's snow or rain or sunshine or the beach or the mountains or just being outside in your backyard or whatever it might be, as you experience those creations, remember Christ and that he gave that life and that because of, because he gave that um, he had the ability to create you as well. And so his creations are everywhere. Each one of us is one of his creations, but he is the life because of his creation and because of his atonement. If we keep reading in verse five, it says the light shineth in darkness and the darkness can com- comprehend it not. And then verse nine says, That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. Uh, And then the JST says, which was the true light, which lighteth every man who cometh into the world. So not a big difference there, but Jesus Christ is the light. He lighteth each one of us that cometh into the world. So I I really love this one. Light is so essential to us. We need that sunlight. We need lights. It brings peace. It brings sustainability. It brings comfort. We just need it to survive. In the darkness, the only thing that can help is light. So if Christ is the light, then we need him. He brings peace. He brings comfort in those dark moments. And he brings the ability to navigate just like light does and warmth in those times that we cannot do it alone. So he brings three necessities. We need the word, we need life, and we need light in our physical lives. They're also so essential to us, if not more, in the spiritual well-being. So the word allows revelation, words and guidance from prophets, apostles, the scriptures are a place that we can find Christ in literal words and learn of him so that we can know who he is. And when we know who he is, we can understand the life that he gave us. So the life allows repentance, right? Because of him, we can literally repent and turn towards him. When we repent, we're turning, we're changing towards him and becoming better human beings. Because of repentance in the atonement of Jesus Christ, we can live with him for eternity. And the light His light is our peace in those moments. When we're working on turning, we can seek out his light. It's having faith in something bigger than ourselves. It's having faith in his ability to heal us spiritually and physically to navigate our lives for the better. It's the warmth of his love in those times where we can't see anything ahead of us that makes sense. So in verse 14, uh, Let's see. So in verse sixteen, sorry, we're reminded that his fullness, we can have his fullness, grace by grace. So, as we're turning towards his light and turning towards him and repenting and seeking his word and seeking understanding, as we're seeking him daily, we will receive revelation. We will receive more knowledge of him, grace by grace, because grace and truth come by Jesus. Christ. So it's only through taking that time to know our savior better, to read his words and seeking out his life in repentance and the atonement and um, revelation. And we can receive little by little, right? Line upon line is what we are taught. And that is truly how we can learn from Jesus Christ. All right. We are going to skip ahead. And, uh, verses 29 through 34, John talks about how Jesus Christ is baptized and several of those things are different in the JST. So make sure you're looking at that. I do love verse 32, um, in, in the JST, it is actually verse 33 and you can see 33 a has a JST and it says, and I knew him for he was sent me to baptize with water the same said unto me, upon whom thou shalt see the spirit descending and remaining on him, the same is he which is baptized of the Holy Ghost. That's an important change because it says, and I knew him not, but that's not what the JST is. It says, and I knew him. John recognized him in verse 29. He says, behold, the son, the lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. And in verse 34, and I saw and bare record that he is the son of God. So I, I love, I love reading about John fulfilling this purpose that he was for determined to come and do. And he knew him like, I'm sure they had met. There were some relation, right? They were cousins, relatives, and, but he knew his role and he took it very seriously. We learn about that role in detail in Luke. And he knew what his purpose was to testify and prepare. And we get to read that firsthand here in John 1. And I think it's beautiful. And so the next day after John had stood, um, he was with two of his disciples, which are John and then uh, Andrew. We find out in just a moment. And in verse 36, it says, and looking upon Jesus, as he walked, he saith, behold, the Lamb of God. Here is Jesus Christ. And the two disciples heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. No hesitation. There's a lot of people with no hesitation in the scriptures. They followed Jesus. And then Jesus turned and saw them following, and saith unto them, what seek ye? If Jesus Christ was sitting next to you, or if he knelt down beside you while you prayed, and asked, what seek ye? What would you say? what do you want what are you longing for in your life and they said unto him um where do you dwell where do you, where do you live and I don't know if that's the first thing that would come to mind when Jesus asked me what seek but it is kind of an interesting opportunity but he said unto them come and see so they followed him and Then they went to where he abode for that day. So they stayed with him and I'm sure they learned from him for a time um, for several hours. And then one of the two which heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. So besides John, who's speaking, Andrew is the first one that was with Jesus and it's Simon Peter's brother. So he goes and gets Simon Peter and he says unto him, this is so fun because there's different ways that people are saying things. So John the Baptist says, behold, the lamb of God. And then Andrew goes and finds Simon, his son, Peter's brother. And he says, we have found the Messiah or the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. And when Jesus beheld him, he said, thou art Simon, the son of Jonah. Thou shalt be called Cepheus, which is by interpretation, a stone. So he immediately gives Simon Peter a name, meaning a stone. And then the following in the day following. So the next day, Jesus went to Galilee and he finds Philip. And he says, follow me. And Philip um, was in the same city as Andrew and Peter and he, he Philip does follow Jesus. And then he finds Nathaniel, and he says unto him, we have found him of whom Moses in the law and the prophets did write Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. So Philip comes, he, Jesus says, gives the invitation, follow me. And so he does. And then just as Andrew did, Philip goes and finds someone and says, you need to come and see Nathaniel is a little more hesitant to come right away, though. And he's like, can anything good come out of Nazareth? I don't know. And Philip just says, come and see, which are the same words that Jesus says to Andrew and John. When they ask where he dwells, Jesus says, come and see. And so Nathaniel comes and Jesus says, behold, an Israelite indeed of whom is no guile. So he's just, he's pure, like he has no guile. And Jesus sees this in him. But then Nathaniel's like, "How how do you know who I am? And Jesus says unto him in verse 48, before that Philip called thee, so before Philip went and got you, when thou wast under the fig tree, I saw thee. So there's a lot of fig trees in this part of the world. It's hot. There's probably a lot of people that sit under fig trees. And that's a really general statement. I saw thee under the fig tree. When you were under the fig tree, I saw you. What happened? What experience did Nathaniel have under the fig tree? That in the next verse, he says, Rabbi, thou art the son of God. Thou art the king of Israel. I think Nathaniel had some experience under the fig tree where he, maybe he was pondering something deep in his heart. Maybe he really felt the spirit come over him and a prayer was answered or something was made clear to him. But something happened under the fig tree where Jesus saw him and it meant a lot to Nathaniel. In in verse 50, Jesus answered and said unto him, Because I saw thee, because I said unto thee, I saw thee under the fig tree, believest thou? So Jesus is like, you believe who I am because I said, I saw you under the fig tree. Hereafter, ye shall see heavens open and the angels of God ascending and descending unto the Son of Man. He's also told in verse 50, believest thou, thou shalt see greater things than these. Because Nathaniel believed, he was told that he would see greater things than Jesus Christ recognizing him from under the fig tree. I I love these words that John bear record, behold the Lamb of God, what seek ye? Come and see. And I love that Andrew goes and gets Simon Peter and that Jesus finds Philip, but then Philip goes and gets Nathaniel. They're sharing they this light of Christ that they have found that, um, that they say, come, I found the Messiah. You need to come. And, and Andrew brought Simon Peter with him. And then Jesus says, follow me. And Philip does, but then he goes and gets Nathaniel. And he says, we found him. We found Jesus. You need to come and see, just come. And then Jesus says, I saw thee. What seek ye? What do you want? What are the longings of your heart? When Jesus invites you to come and see and come and know, who are you bringing along? Who are you inviting? Who are you saying, just come and see? Come and see Jesus. When Jesus is saying, follow me, let's read the JST. For verse 42. Um, it says, and they were fishermen, and they straightway left all and followed Jesus. That's the JST for verse 42, when he talks about uh that thou art Simon, and he gives Simon the, the name of the stone, and then it says, and they were fishermen, and they straightway left and followed him. Follow Jesus straightway. Reminds me of the shepherds, even the wise men. The shepherds went with haste and they left their sheep. That's a big deal for shepherds to leave their sheep. A huge deal because they were in charge of making sure they knew which of the sheep was the first things of the flock. The wise men recognized the star. They paid attention that they knew when there was a new star. And then they followed it. And these men were fishers. It was their livelihood. And they straightway left all and followed Jesus. I don't really know that we can comprehend leaving everything behind. Our current prophets and apostles do that. They leave their careers and, and everything behind. To follow Jesus Christ and go minister and teach. Just like these apostles do. Come and see for we have found him. Um, I also think of Nephi. Nephi was quick to obey also. Andrew, Simon, Peter, Philip, Nathaniel. We'll find more as we go. I want to talk about this. I saw the for just a minute. When has God. God seeing you in an intimate way where you've had this moment of connection? Have you ever had a moment like that with Jesus Christ? What is a moment you've had in your life when you have felt seen when someone has shown up for you or when the spirit has testified of you or testified to you, excuse me, or just a moment where you have been overcome by the spirit or have felt the spirit. In these verses, we are invited by apostles and by Jesus Christ himself to come and see and to follow Jesus Christ. When we are striving to do that, we will find these moments at peace come over us and we will feel seen by him. In the end of verse 50, Jesus says, thou shalt see greater things than these. And then verse 51, which I did read some of, he said unto him, verily, verily, I say unto you, hereafter ye shall see heavens open and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. As I read these verses, um, President Nelson's talk from October 22, 2022, came to mind. He said, and this is the beginning of his talk, "But my dear brothers and sisters, so many wonderful things are ahead. In coming days, we will see the greatest manifestations of the Savior's power that the world has ever seen. Between now and the time he returns with power and great glory, he will bestow countless privileges, blessings, and miracles upon the faithful. I think that is so beautiful. And if we are living a faithful life, we will see these things. If we are seeking the light and life and word of God, we will be able to see these countless privileges, blessings, and miracles. We will see the greatest manifestations of the Savior's power that the world has ever seen. I feel so strongly that we are being prepared to meet the Savior. I believe that his second coming is not very far off. President Nelson has been very clear about what we need to do. And he has been very clear that the return of the Savior is coming. We need to know Jesus Christ. We need to seek him. And as we read his words and as we study these women who got to interact with him, to be healed by him and blessed by him and to minister beside him, we will feel that power in our own lives. And he will start to heal our hearts and help us to feel him and to be feel seen by him, because he is with us. He is near. <laughs> In Elder Holland's uh, new book, I've been—I think I've quoted it every time we've been on the podcast—is our Di- our day star rising. On page one eighteen, he says. It seems like the essence of our mortal journey and the answers to the most significant questions in life are distilled down to these two most brief elements in the opening scenes of the Savior's earthly ministry. One element is the question put on every one of us on this earth. What seek ye? What do you want? The second is his response to our answer, whatever the answer is. Whoever we are and whatever we reply, his response is always the same. Come, he says lovingly, come follow me. Wherever you are going, first come and see what I do. See where and how I spend my time. Learn of me, walk with me, talk with me, believe, listen to me, pray. In turn, you will find answers to your prayers. God will bring rest to your souls. Come follow me. I think Elder Holland worded that beautiful. I hope that you'll take time to ponder on a time in your life when you have felt seen by him. Maybe even a time where you have felt he has asked you to come follow him and you have heeded that request. If you haven't felt seen by him in your life, watch for it to come. Pray that you can recognize it. He loves you. He is near. He is watching you under your fig tree. And he will let you know that he has seen you. Thanks for joining me today. I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your day.